Hello there and welcome to Keeping Up With Taylor. Oh my god, am I so excited to finally, after months and months and months of planning this, to be finally doing this. So basically, my name is Sean, I am a Swifty, obviously, and I have just been wanting to do a podcast um, for Spotify about Taylor for as long as I can remember. It's just something I've always wanted to do because, I don't know, I just, I love Taylor and I love talking about her, so here is this podcast, I guess. Um, so yeah, I'm an Irish Swifty. I have been a fan of Taylor since 2013. The first song that I ever heard by Taylor was I Need Your Trouble, which was, I'm, I don't think it was the debut single off Red. No, that would be We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together. But it was one of the singles that she did release from her fourth studio album, Red, which also holds a special place in my heart as it was the first Taylor album that I ever listened to. I think I listened to Fearless after that and the other ones as well. Taylor Swift and Speak Now. And yeah, here we are many years later and I am still a dedicated fan of Taylor. So this is the very first episode and, you know, obviously it goes without saying the first episode, this actually might be a couple of episodes because I might have to divide it into parts depending on how much time it's going to take up. Basically, this one is going to be all about Evermore, which is Taylor's ninth studio album, which was her second surprise album of 2020 following Folklore. It is the sister record to Folklore, as said by Taylor herself. Now, Evermore is absolutely amazing. If you have not listened to Evermore by now, I would go over to Spotify right there and I would... um. Give it a stream. Stream Willow, stream Evermore. Oh, do whatever you need to do. Just support Taylor. So, yeah, we're, I'm basically going to be talking about it. My thoughts um, on the album as a whole. My thoughts on each song. And, you know, talking about when she announced it and all. Things like that. Then I'm going to be reading um, some reviews done by, you know, well-known publishers and things like that. That's, you know music reviewing, you know, like Rolling Stone, all them, you know what I'm trying to talk about here. Um, and I'm also gonna be reading through all of Genius's like annotations and lyrics because Genius Lyrics is one of my favorite websites to use for music because they just give such marvelous, um, you know, explanations for music and songs and things like that. So I will be going through all of the um, Evermore lyric explanations and song explanations and things like that on Genius. So that's basically going to be, you know, how this is. And, you know, I'm also going to talk about, because at the time I'm filming this, it is Taylor's birthday. So let's talk about stuff like that as well. I'm also going to talk about the new Willow um, Dancing Witch remix version, which I have not heard, but I will give it a listen. And I am planning, because I do not have the Evermore CD yet. I'm going to order. I'm going to order it. And then when that comes, I will do um, an episode probably talking about the two 
CD exclusive songs as well. So yeah, basically I have just spent most of my weekend absolutely raving about Evermore. My favourite song on the album currently is definitely Happiness. I just think it's such a beautiful track. Okay, so the first thing that I'm going to basically talk about, which you guys are going to settle down a bit, I know there was a bit of a hectic intro there, um, is when Taylor announced this album. Now, I have to say, right, I am normally good at predicting what Taylor's next moves are going to be, right, because, you know, I had a feeling last year when, you know, before Christmas Tree Farm was released, that she was going to drop something Christmassy of some sort. And so she did, which I was quite happy about, elated about. Um, yeah, so I did not see this one coming. I was actually in school when this was announced. My phone was blowing up with notifications. So I went over to Instagram and I saw the post. Can I just say, first of all, the cover for this album is absolutely stunning. Like, oh my God, it is just so pretty. I just, I love her hair in it. It looks amazing. I love the coat that she's wearing with kind of the orangey kind of color scheme and like the woods as well. Like you can tell that this album is a the sister record to Folklore because it is quite similar to it. Even some of the songs and the way they sound is very similar to the production that we heard on Folklore, which Folklore is an amazing album. Oh my God, one of her best definitely might even be her best. I don't know what to just say. Sorry, I was looking at drunk there, so I apologize for the awkward silence in between, but... Yeah, I don't know. I still don't know what my favourite Taylor album would be. This one is definitely up there. Folklore is definitely... Oh my god, it probably is my favourite of hers. But I do love Reputation as well. Just more so like the marketing of Reputation and just the whole... What she did with Reputation. Oh my god, I'll never be over Reputation, ever. I still go back and listen to that album all the time. And Lover as well. I did love um, Lover, even though it was kind of just a simple pop album. I loved it. Soon You'll Get Better did break me. Oh my God, that was a great summer. Um, yeah, can I just say, right? Can Taylor Swift come over here and give me some productivity tips? Because she, during quarantine, right? You know, this year's been a crazy year, right? Her... This girl, she decides in quarantine to sit around and write two whole albums. Like, come on. And I'm sitting over here um, the entire time on my ass reading books and watching TV and, you know, being very lazy and unproductive apart from assignments and schoolwork and things like that. Online school. Let's not even talk about that. Um, yeah, but I just, I, I honestly don't know how she wrote so many songs. Like, that was part one of my first thoughts when she announced this. But um, yeah, I was absolutely stunned on Thursday, as was the rest of the Swifty fandom. And pretty much a lot of people, mm-hmm, a lot of people stunned. I nearly took a heart attack. I'm not even joking. I, I nearly stopped breathing. I might as well have gone into, um, you know, complete and 
absurd shock. Like, it was just, oh my god. So crazy, like, oh my god. But it, it just, it's just made, like, the past few days so good. And it's lovely. It's like an early Christmas present as well. It is an early Christmas present. Oh my god. So I'm going to read through... Um, the announcement post, I know you've all probably heard it by now, but just to, you know, kind of remember when she did release it and she does give a bit of background on um, Evermore as well. So I'm just going to read through it, even though we've probably all heard it a good few times at this stage. But anyway, so this was Taylor's post on Thursday when she announced the album. I'm elated to tell you that my ninth studio album and folklore sister records will be out tonight at midnight Eastern. It's called Evermore. To put it plainly, we just couldn't stop writing songs. To try and put it more poetically, it feels like we were standing on the edge of the folklorean woods and had a choice. To turn and go back or to travel further into the forest of this music. We chose to wander deeper in. I've never done this before. In the past, I've always treated albums as one-off eras and moved on to planning the next one after an album was released. There was something different with folklore. In making it, I felt like I was departing and more like I was returning. I love the escapism I found in these imaginary slash not imaginary tales. I love the ways you welcome the dreamscapes and tragedies and epic tales of love lost and found into your lives. So I just kept writing them. And I loved creating these songs with Aaron Dessner, Jack Antonoff, WB and Justin Vernon. We've also welcomed some new and longtime friends to our musical kitchen table this time around. So there you go. Isn't that just, you know... That might as well just be a whole paragraph from a whole ass book. Oh my god. Like her mind. Her actual mind. Um yeah, you know, and then I'm gonna read this other post, which is more so about her birthday. I'm just gonna read through all of these. So this is the next one, which just has the lyric names. Yeah, anyway. Ever since I was 13, I've been excited about turning 31 because it's my lucky number backwards, which is why I wanted to surprise you with this now. You've all been so caring, supportive and thoughtful on my birthdays. And so this time I thought I would give you something. I also know this holiday season will be a lonely one for most of us. And if there are any of you out there who turn to music to cope with missing loved ones the way I do, this is for you. There are 15 tracks on the standard edition of Evermore, but the deluxe physical edition will include two bonus tracks. Right where you left me, and it's time to go. Oh my god, guys, I'm dying to have some fun. Anyway, back to Taylor's post. All digital downloads of the album will include an exclusive digital booklet with 16 brand new photos. You can pre-order Evermore at store.hairsurf.com, obviously. That sound now. Um, and then the post about the Willow music video. I'm just going to go through these. Tonight, the story continues as the music video for Willow drops at midnight Eastern. I've, I'm forever grateful to the following creatives who've helped and guided me to be able to direct my own videos. Cinematographer Rodrigo Prieto. Producer Jill Harden. First AD Joe Oz Osborne, 
co-first AD Ev Salomon, executive producer Rebecca Skinner, editor Chancellor Haynes, set designers Ethan Tobman and Regina Fernandez, and visual effects geniuses Grant Miller and David Levensfields. Thank you to our medical inspector who made sure every precaution was taken for our safety. Um, yeah, the Willow music video, we'll talk about that as well. I did say all things evermore, but then you've forgotten the Willow music video. The Willow music video, oh my God, it was amazing, you guys. Like, oh my God. It, it's definitely one of her best music videos ever. I loved how it followed on, like, right where the cardigan music video left off. So I just don't know. I do not know. But um, anyway, I'm going to kind of talk about the album for a bit now and my thoughts on each song. Okay, so first of all, Willow. I love Willow. I think it was um, a really good choice for the single um, of the album, like the debut single. I don't know if she'll release anymore. She didn't release any more singles, but Folklore. Kind of surprised at that. She might still, even though we're in Evermore era or whatever now, but they're they're kind of joint eras in my opinion, since they're siblings. I don't even know. Willow is so good. I love the production on it. The music video is amazing. Now, I will say, guys, that I've only listened to the album once so far, apart from a few songs that, you know, I've listened to a couple of times over. And I will listen to it a second time, probably when I get to CD. Um, but, you know, I'm just like, the memories of some of these are kind of faint for me. So I'm just going off kind of what I remember. Champagne Problems. Can I just say, um, Champagne Problems is also the name of a Katy Perry song. So I don't know if that's a nice nod to Katy. Obviously, Taylor and Katy are friends now, which is so lovely because I do love Katy Perry as well. Um, she's a great artist. You know, I think her new music is very underrated. Some of it is really good. But anyway, Champagne Problems is just such a lovely track. And there's, um, yeah, it's a really nice little track. I love the chorus, especially. Um, Gold Rush. Gold Rush is kind of poppy. I like that because um, as much as I love Taylor by Indie, and I think it sounds perfect with her voice and all, um, I do, you know love Taylor, like pop Taylor as well. Tis the Damn Season. Oh my God, really good. I thought it was going to be another Christmas song actually. And it kind of is wintry. It's kind of about being home for the holidays, I guess. I guess. But um, yeah, that was good. Tolerate It, amazing. One of my favorite songs in the album. Nobody, No Crime. Oh my God, can we please talk about Nobody, No Crime? Country song, right? First of all, it, well, it is a country song. You can obviously tell that. Um, featuring Haim, H-A-I-M. I don't really know how to pronounce. I don't know. I'll look that up later. Sorry, I hate when I butcher names because it just makes me so mad. It feels like I'm disrespecting people. But, you know, nobody, no crime. Oh, my God. Absolutely brilliant. Go listen to it. Even if you don't want to listen to the whole album, just listen to Nobody, No Crime. It's such a good... Um, collaboration. I love Haim as well. And it's based on a true crime story that Taylor's friend, Este, 
from Haim, I think, was involved in. So, yeah. Oh, my God. It's amazing. She's so good at storytelling. Obviously, we know this from folklore, but oh, my God, guys, I'm sorry. I'm done fangirling about that um, song now, right? Happiness. As I said earlier, Happiness is my favorite song on the album. It is probably the most emotional, in my opinion. I still cry when I listen to it. I don't know why. Which is funny because even though the song is called Happiness, it isn't really about happiness, but it kind of is. It's about, um, you know, um, moving on from a decaying relationship, I think Taylor said, and like finding happiness afterwards you know so that's kind of what it's about but it has kind of a different meaning for me um yeah I don't know it kind of reminds me of how when you lose loved ones in your life but you know even though it is hard and you'll always miss them you will eventually find happiness again you know like I guess that's kind of what I took away from that song Dorothea, um, I'm, oh, sorry, I'm thinking of a different one on the album. Dorothea, um, pretty good as far as I can remember. I'll have to listen to that one again, actually, but yeah, good. Coney Island, I really like that one, actually. I had never heard of The National before, who are obviously on this track. They're really good. Oh, my God. I really like them, and I, I think they blended in well with Taylor's voice, and yeah, really like that one. Ivy, very good. I loved Ivy. Cowboy Like Me, oh my god, the title of that song, I don't know why, it just makes me laugh, but um, yeah, cool as well. Do you know what, Cowboy Like Me, I don't know why, reminds me of 2006 Taylor. Do you know what, yeah, it reminds me of Teen Country Taylor, that's what that song reminds me of. Oh my god, long story short. Can we just say we love songs about Taylor being so unbothered by the haters? Can I just say that, right? You know, like, I forgot that you existed. Look what you made me do. All that. Oh, my God. Anyway, long story short, as far as I know, is um, a brief history of Taylor and Kanye's feuding. Right? Which we love. We just love. We love her being so unbothered by freaking Kanye West and Kim Kardashian. Dare I speak their names, right? Also, can I just say, guys, I I just realized something right now. This podcast is called Keeping Up With Tater, right? I mean that because it's Keeping Up With Tater. It's not a dig at Keeping Up With The Kardashians, whatever, because I really can't care about the Kardashians. They're okay, mostly. I just don't like Kim because of, you know, We won't talk about it. Let's just not talk about it. You know, no negativity on our Taylor podcast unless something happens with Scooter or Kim or Kanye. Then I will probably go off, pop off on it. But you know what? Let's just think good thoughts. We're in a good place right now. Let her be happy with Joe. (laughs) Guys, I bet, you know, if Joe helps her write some of these songs like he did on Folklore, guys can they please just get engaged already my god i love them so much um yeah love long story short marjorie marjorie as far as i know is about taylor's grandmother i thought that was really nice i i love when taylor writes about family members i think that it's very touching 
you know, like, seeing her get better. Oh, Jesus Christ. I find it so hard to listen to that song. I know Taylor does, too. Yeah, Closure. I'm going to be honest. I've mixed opinions about Closure. I do really like, um, you know, the chorus and the song. Um, you know, I really like the lyrics and the song and the melody. It's just that industrial kind of sounds in the background. Those sounds... I don't know why, they just got on my nerves how it kept, like, you know, coming in when I wasn't expecting it and overpowering, like, her singing, which I know was probably the intention, but I don't know, it just got on my nerves a bit. But I do like the song. I've just mixed opinions about it because of that. And then finally, Evermore, title track, final song on the album, featuring Bonnie Iver, Bon Iver, I don't know, is it Bonnie Iver or Bon Iver? Um, yeah, I don't know. Somebody let me know, send me an email. Loved it. I love Justin Vernon's voice. It is so soothing. It's literally his deep voice, like even on Exile, and um, I can see you standing, honey. Oh my God, that was so awful. And say, like, I just love his voice. It's, oh my God, it's perfect. It blends with Taylor so well. It's, yeah, okay. And um, beautiful song as well. I thought it was the perfect way to end the album. It's also the title track. So there you go. We didn't have a title track on Folklore. So it's nice to have a title track on Evermore. Folklore, Evermore, Forevermore. Oh my God. <laughs> Don't mind me. Just just ignore me. Uh, just ignore me and my, my silliness. Anyway, um, do you know what I also watched last week? I don't know why I haven't watched it by now. I watched it on Thursday before Evermore came out. It's kind of got me in the mood for it. Folklore the Long Pond Studio Sessions on Disney+. Plus. Oh my God, it was lovely. I loved everything Taylor was talking about in it. And I loved hearing her get to um, do the songs again, but with everyone. Yeah, that was lovely. And um, if you haven't watched that by now, or even just, hell, watch it again. Go stream that on Disney+. Plus. Just support Taylor. Just give her all the support. Um, oh, my God. Somebody told me the other day that Willow was on the radio. And I was like, oh, my God, really? Because I just love when Taylor gets radio play, you know, especially with new songs. Like, it was literally on the day that Evermore was released and Willow was on the radio. I was just so happy about that i'm actually do you know what if willow isn't in the charts this week i don't know is it on it now i will check that for you oh my god oh my god you guys right so i go to look up to see if like willow has charted anywhere and i see this article down from official charts posted literally 27 minutes ago i'm recording this on sunday the 13th taylor's birthday Three songs from Taylor Swift's Evermore album to enter singles top 40. I'm going to read through this right now. So here is what it says. And um, this from officialcharts.com written by Rob Copsey. Just give credit there. Taylor Swift is set to land the highest new entry on this week's official singles chart. Plus a further two top 40 placings with songs from her surprise new album Evermore. The record's lead single, Willow, is on track to debut inside the top 10 this Friday, December 18th, currently at number four on the official chart first look, while Champagne Problems, number 12, and Nobody No Crime, featuring Haim, 15, fit feature in the top 20. 
if they hold on, it'll lift Swift's tally of UK top 40s to 34. Oh my God. I am so delighted about that. She is getting three songs on the UK charts. Well, they're on track to debut on the charts. Do you know what? I'm so happy about that. I don't know about... I'm not even in the UK, but I don't know about y'all over in the US. But, um, you know, hopefully she charts over there as well, because it is her home country. Um, yeah, but I'm really, really happy about that. I hope we get some charting over here in Ireland. Be nice. Um, yeah, what am I going to do now? I guess I will read through um, some professional reviews written by people. So we're going to start with the Rolling Stones review because the Rolling Stones always give just um, beautiful reviews. This is the magazine now, not the, not the band. Um, so here we are, rollingstone.com. Once again, just give credit. And this is written by Claire Schaffer. So, Taylor Swift deepens her got folk vision on the excellent Evermore. Just months after folklore, Swift delivers another surprise album full of unexpected experiments, ambitious story songs, and moments of narrative myth making that often turn the lens back on herself. So, they have given it four and a half stars out of five can we just get a round of applause for that first of all so i'm gonna read through this this is all from the rolling stone okay so here we are again again and honestly we should have seen this one coming of course, Taylor Swift, stuck in quarantine like the rest of us, decided to release a whole new collection of 17 songs as a sequel to her outstanding folklore, unleashing it onto the world with as little warning as the last one. Evermore may be its own album, but it's also very much an extension of folklore, a sister record, as Swift calls it. And what better way to give such a songwriting heavy project a second life? In lieu of the endless coordinated music videos, live shows and photo shoots that have tied each of her last five or so albums under one giant aesthetic umbrella, Swift has doubled down on folklore's themes of storytelling and contemporary mythology by, well, writing more songs. With Evermore coasting on its older sibling's tidal wave of success, Swift and her team had even more freedom to do whatever they wanted. And it reflects back on the music. She's working here again with Aaron Dessner, Jack Antonoff, and Bonnie Vare's Justin Vernon. And although folklore's moody, Indian-inspired sound is still the dominant feature of Evermore, there's room for more variety and experimentation this time around. The Wicked Country Murder Ballad, Nobody, No Crime, guest starring Este and Daniel Haim, rubs elbows with the twinkling chamber pop track, Gold Rush. Swift warmly sings against Honky Tonk Piano and Dorothea, and then in the complete opposite direction, artificially distorts her voice on the seeding closure, using Bonnie Vare's Messina vocal modifier, Messina Messina, I'm sorry guys, I'm always butchering names, to turn her soft timber into a barely contained robotic growl. 
It's a refreshing change of pace. Swift's usual approach to dabbling in new genres or sounds is to go balls to the wall, but on Evermore, she's just as good as at curating these more detailed production flourishes, all with the same contouring and meticulousness as she does with her best lyrics. Story songs are still the heart of the matter on Evermore, and Swift has a whole new cast of characters to join Betty, James, Rebecca, and the rest from her prior Long Pond sessions. Tis the Damn Season introduces Dorothea, a Hollywood actress who returns to her hometown and reunites with a high school flame and a very adult tryst. We get to hear his side of the story in Dorothea, as he yearns for her to close the distance between them. You got shiny friends since you left town, a tiny screen's the only place I see you now. But unlike the teenage love triangle that ran through the centre of folklore, there are few neat conclusions to Evermore's tales. A woman breaks up with her college sweetheart the night he planned to propose. Two con artists fall in love and promise an impossible life of stability to each other. Untolerated, one of Swift's most damning relationship figments to date, one person's love is met with cruel indifference from their other half. I wait by the door like I'm just a kid. Use my best colours for your portrait. Lay the table with the fancy shit and watch you tolerate it. Swift warbles, making the situation sound convincingly like a fate worse than that. Granted, none of these stories are executed with more or less finesse than the ones in folklore. Whether by design or simply by which song she decided to put on which album, Evermore's most revelatory moments come when Swift turns the myth-making back around to herself. Marjorie, the closest thing the album has to a centerpiece, is a brilliant and devastating piece of songcraft, an instant classic in the Swift canon. Anyone familiar with the charity track Ronan is aware that Swift can write a damn good eulogy. And here she paints her own grandmother, Marjorie Finley, as an indelible force, a woman so much like herself, yet whose complete story she'll never be able to tell. What died didn't stay dead, what died didn't stay dead. Swift sings, steadfast, you're alive, you're alive in my head. It's hard to think of another song that so perfectly captures the delayed tragedy of losing a loved one when you're too young to see their full words. If Swift seems hesitant to give her characters happy endings, or endings in general, it may be because she's still figuring out her own next chapter right on the page. I was dancing when the music stopped, and in the disbelief, I can't face reinvention. I haven't met the new me yet. She sings Unhappiness, a track she recorded just a week before the album dropped. It's a gorgeous ambient song, reminiscent of chromatics without the four on the floor beats and while she's ostensibly singing about divorce swift touches in so much more nuanced acts of forgiveness com- complex personal histories the ability to visualize and know how a person can look in different shades of light no doubt swift is still the master of writing a spiteful kiss off but the songs of evermore are a welcome step in a more mature direction the result of months and months of her getting lost in the woods and questioning her way forwards. 
By the time you're reading this, she may have already found the answer. There you go. That is the Rolling Stones complete review on Evermore. Isn't that just a lovely, lovely review? Um, yeah, they always do amazing album reviews. Anyway, the Rolling Stone. So I'm going to move on to the New York Times. Yeah, we will do the Irish Times as well since I am Irish. Um, but we're going to do the New York Times first just because I know a lot of people over there um, in the US will probably read the New York Times. So we'll go with that next. Also, guys, I'm trying to figure out like which is a good line for a podcast because obviously I don't want this too short, but I don't want it too long either. So for me, like 40 is usually the average length. I might even stretch that out to 50 minutes. Yeah, I probably will have to, especially on this one. So yeah, this is going to be part one anyway. I'm definitely going to have to divide this into a couple parts but um yeah we'll release them at different stages i'll put them up as soon as they're ready to go once i can get them on spotify first of all but um yeah anyway new york times evermore taylor swift's folklore sequel is a journey deeper inwards so this um just first follows from the new york times by john Perales. just to give credit once again so, the singer and songwriter's July album traded a glossy sheen for an acoustic, minimalistic palette. A second album with the same collaborators moves even further from her pop past. Sequels are always tricky. The original is a creative leap. The follow-up is likely to be incremental. Until now, Taylor Swift has switched up her collaborators and general sound with each album. But she has rightly billed Evermore, her surprise release ninth album, as the sister to the one she released less than five months ago, Folklore. It feels like we were standing on the edge of the Folklorean woods and had a choice, to turn and go back or to travel further into the forest of this music, Swift wrote in a statement. We chose to wander deeper in. She continued writing songs with the Folklore brain trust of producers and musicians, primarily Aaron Dessner of The National, who plays most of the instruments and collaborated on 14 of 15 songs. Swift's boyfriend, the actor Joe Alwyn, had a hand in three songs under the pseudonym William Barry, Jack Antonoff, who also wrote with Swift and Folklore, worked on two. Sorry, there. I got distracted. Right, Evermore clings to the acoustic, minimalistic palette of folklore with homey piano and imperturbable guitar patterns. Swift and Dessner enlisted more backup musicians for many orchestral arrangements by Bryce Dessner, also of the National. But for most of Evermore, Swift turns even further inwards, away from her pop past than she did on folklore. Drifting toward elegant but cerebral, cerebral craftsmanship. Excuse my tongue. I can't read. On folklore, Swift decided she could set aside a biography to tell stories that weren't necessarily her own. Evermore features more character studies and role playing as she sings about infidelity, con jobs, even murder. Ivy, written with Aaron Dasner and Antonoff, is a folky, convoluted song about a married woman's secret affair. 
unfolded by banjo and guitar picking as she sings about the temptation that tears at her. Your touch brought for an incandescent glow, tarnished but so grand. In Tis the Damn Season, the singer visits her hometown for the holidays and suggests a weekend fling with someone she had left behind. In Champagne Problems, the narrator turns down an earnest proposal, singing, Sometimes you just don't know the answer till someone's on their knees and asks you. The music is an elaborate, evolving sigh, starting with lo-fi umpa piano chords that grow entwined with guitar arpeggios and a choir of as. Swift had more fun with Nobody No Crime, joined by two of the sisters and Hain, Este and Danielle, singing about cheating, revenge and unsolved murders and eggs on by a yowling harmonica. Squirrel it down. Swift's latest breakup songs, her longtime speciality, seek maturity by stepping back. Churchy organ tones surround her as she faces the end of a seven-year romance in happiness, slipping toward anger. I hope she'll be a beautiful fool who takes my spot next to you, but determined to be fair. There'll be happiness after you, but there is happiness because of you too. And the album's title song, Evermore, looks back over a serene piano line on how she used to believe that this pain would be forevermore. Bonnie Vare, Justin Vernon, returning after his appearance on Folklore, arrives midway through to recall more turbulent times, but Swift is determined to put pain behind her. Swift can still bristle, as she does in Closure, with insistently clattering percussion and electronic creaks behind her. She refuses to give an ex the satisfaction of pretending to be amicable. Even though it's been a long time, she sneers. Don't treat me like some situation that needs to be handled. I'm fine with my spy and my tears. It's a glimpse of what Swift might call the old sailor, still in close emotional combat. Closure is in an unconventional meter. 5-4. So is Tolerated, in which Swift's character is a woman giving her all to someone who takes her for granted. Those are two of the album's countless musicianly flourishes. Along with the rest of the sea intertwines guitar picking in Willow and the glimmering electronics and furtive pizzicato strings in Marjorie, which pays fond tribute to Swift's grandmother, Marjorie Finley. The sonic details of Evermore are radiant and meticulous. The songwriting is poised and careful. It's an album to respect, but with all its constructions and conceits, it also keeps a certain emotional distance. Another great review that's from the New York Times. I'm just glad they're all positive reviews because, you know, we love people recognizing Taylor and her talent. I'm going to pull up the Irish Times review next because I read their review the other day. It's pretty good. This is going to be our last of like the professional reviews. So this is from the Irish Times and... It says, Taylor Swift Evermore Review. This secret wedding album sweetly sweeps you away. Secret wedding album um, isn't speech marks there. I don't know. Some There's been rumors, guys, that 
Joe and Taylor got married in lockdown or engaged or something. And you know what? Honestly, I want to. I want it so bad. And so, yeah, four stars from the Irish Times um, written by Ed Power. Just give credit once again to all of the sources that I use. Right, so... Taylor Swift's metamorphosis into thoughtful indie troubadour has been one of 2020's more pleasant surprises. She ventures further into that territory with a hush-hush follow-up to last summer's folklore. But where that record was the equivalent of a contemplative walk in the woods, which with leaves crackling underfoot and the wind rustling through, now she's back in the log cabin, gazing into the fire. This is, with one or two exceptions, a quieter, gentler companion piece to the earlier LP working again with Aaron and Bryce Dessner of The National. Aaron has co-writer credits in a number of songs. Bryce produces along with the regular Swift collaborator, Jack Antonoff. She has crafted a contemp... Oh my God. Can I speak? Probably not. Contemplative and often stunningly lovely suite of mid-tempo alternative pop. Not much is necessarily happening at any given moment, but Evermore has a transportative effect. A very sweet... I actually cannot speak today. It very sweetly sweeps you away. Is it her secret wedding album, though? That's the gossip swirling around social media with rumours that Swift married her boyfriend, Joe Alwyn, in lockdown. If you care, there are certainly breadcrumbs. Alwyn recurs as a muse throughout, and Swift does seem to be pledging herself to him for er, evermore. I'm all about you, she whispers on long story short, and she conjures with wedding day imagery on champagne problems, cooing about your mom's ring in your pocket. So if you're looking for an inside line on her personal life, she has done her bit and scattered potential clues. Justin Vernon of Bonnie Vare returns to sing with Swift on the title track, which closes the records. Worst such a thing possible, it is even frostier and more fraught than their folklore duet's Exile. Other collaborators include Haim, Nobody No Crime, while the National proper chime in on Coney Island, where Matt Berninger's college professor having midlife crisis rasp intertwines beautifully with Swift's voice. After several listens, it's not clear if there's a number here equal in stature to folklore's strongest, strongest song, The Last Great American Dynasty. Now, guys, I'm just going to um, pop out of that review for a minute. They are saying that Folklore's strongest song is the last great American dynasty. And while I adore that song, I would say that Folklore's strongest song is My Tears Ricochet. That is my opinion. But anyway, back to the article. But Evermore undoubtedly contains one of her rawest compositions in Marjorie. It is named for Swift's late maternal grandmother, Marjorie Finley, an opera singer who passed on her love of music to her granddaughter. If you've lost someone, and a lot of people have recently, it will speak to you, especially as Swift delivers lines such as, if I didn't know better, I'd think you were singing to me now. Evermore is essentially folklore part two, and the pace never really rises above mildly brisk. 
the gothic hold-down ivy is as jaunty as it gets. Still, it is extraordinary to think that merely two and a bit years ago, Taylor Swift was on stage at Crow Park, surrounded by inflatable snakes and singing Look What You Made Me Do, and was fantastic. Now she's collaborating with The National, Haim, Bonnie Vare, Ryan Olsen of Polica, and Marcus Mumford. Okay, nobody's right all the time. That's a thrilling journey. Not that pop should be judged inferior to lichen-hued indie folk featuring many-bearded blokes. It obviously isn't. At the end of a rotten 12 months, Evermore is an album that almost makes you believe in happy endings again. So I'm going to leave the first part of our Evermore, um, you know, kind of special thing, on which is also the debut of this. So episode two is going to be part two of our Evermore special. And um, yeah, so I'm going to be going through the genius arcs in the next part, which might take up probably two more parts. We will see. But um. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you guys in the next episode of Keeping Up With Taylor. Music used belongs to Taylor.